Howdy folks, it is Degree Studies, Evan, here with another episode of The Two Minute Hate. I wanted to do an episode on sort of like sexism and gender wars on um, on Twitter and in the broader culture and dating and stuff, but maybe I'll tack that on here, or maybe this will just remain the anti-Semitism episode, depending on how much I have to say about the Jews. Um, obviously, Kanye West made some uh, mercurial statements about Jewish people um, and Jewish people's role in the music industry. Uh, And I just wanted to uh, tackle an angle that I think I've seen covered on Twitter, but maybe not super directly or with a lot of um, background context. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how I think, because one of the things I think Kanye is mentioning that I think is relevant here is... um, I think rap initially started as pretty anti-Semitic, you know, along with the kind of misogyny and and homophobia or whatever uh, that would stick around in rap for a while. Uh, In early rap, there was a lot of anti-Semitism that I think is, you know, I don't know that much about this, but there's there's like a cultural meme I'm aware of that um, like black nationalism and certainly uh, the black incarnations of Islam uh, have a certain negative view of Jewish people and that this was present in hip-hop at the beginning. And I think part of what Kanye is referencing is that... Um, oh, and, you know, one of the most famous examples of this, if any of you guys saw the NWA movie, um, it, there's a part where uh, Ice Cube is... I think he's hired the Nation of Islam to be his bodyguards, and in the diss track, No Vaseline... Uh, which the target of that is Easy e he says, you let a Jew break up our crew, which was a reference to this Jewish producer. Um, and I think that line was like fairly typical of early hip-hop, like how Jews were viewed. And I do think that my argument that I'm going to try to lay out in all these quotes from various rap songs is that that kind of view of Jewish people in rap never went away. Um, it just shifted to a sort of philo-Semitic view of viewing Jews as having the same stereotypical attributes as anti-Semites think they have, but sort of thinking it's a positive thing. Um, and this is almost what uh, Kanye accused Puff Daddy of, and I think what some folks were commenting on on Twitter is that like Jay-Z and Puff Daddy in particular seem to hold like a very stereotypical view of Jewish people, and particularly Jews involved in the music industry, Um, And many of the most important hip-hop producers over time have been Jewish. Um, And I think the the P. Diddy and the Jay-Z view is almost like, yes, they have a secret cabal that controls the music industry, but this is great, and if you get in good with them, uh, they'll help you, and, and, you know, black people should be more like this. Uh, And it's so sort of interesting, I, you know, I'm not, uh, obviously I'm a huge Kanye apologist, I also just don't care when people have, like, racist or homophobic screeds or whatever. Like, in the most literal sense, it's funny. Um, In the idea of, like, is this negative for society? I mean, I don't know. I find that difficult to give a shit about. Like, it's... It seems so... um, It seems so inconsistent, like, what we care about when these people say... Like, it's been really interesting, for for example, just as, like, relevant background... um, you know, for a long time, people would comment that 
rap was sort of like uniquely not subject uh, to the same like lyrical scrutiny as a lot of other art forms, and it seemed to have something to do with like an as yet unstated view of the progressive stack. So like there would be periods where sort of like metal artists or rock artists would come under heavy criticism for comments about women, comments about Jews, comments about gay people. Um, like in most cultural discourse, certain types of speech, it's it wasn't being like censored and people weren't being deplatformed like they are today. But I would say the development was, you know, early in my life, the leaders of sort of policing artistic discourse were your tipper gores and a lot of conservative activists who were more coming from a Christian perspective. And it was linked up to movements of like video game violence might cause people to kill people. Um, you know, music is too violent. It's, it's anti-Christian. And then I would say maybe when I was in middle school or high school, there started to be like a fledgling industry, um, of critique of lyrics or films that had stereotypical depictions of people. But at that point, it wasn't so powerful that they could, you know, get movies pulled or get uh, artist records, like, boycotted or something. But there were sort of attempts at that. But if you were watching it, which for, I guess, no real reason, I was just sort of aware of it, it was always very conspicuous that rap was left out of these conversations. And I can even remember conspicuous examples of people trying to make this argument and getting shouted down. Like, I'm going to forget her name, but there was a writer at Pitchfork, uh, an Indian-Canadian woman, I believe, who was sort of constantly banging on about, like, I think this was around the time of the first weekend record, House of Balloons, or maybe that was the second record, but a very early The weekend record. She was saying, like, even for rap, like, the misogyny on this shit is dialed up to 11, which was true and was part of why uh, the record was so good, I think, because its its vibe was, like, very sort of nihilist and anti-human and, and anti-women in particular, and that's uh, compelling, I think, in that artistic form. Um, but she was sort of saying, like, what the fuck is the deal with this? Like, why are we letting this happen? And my recollection is that, like, she was shouted down, and at the time, people weren't making an explicitly intersectional argument, but they made the early version of it, which was just, like, about power, where they said, basically, like, uh, black men have no power, and so if they're punching, you know, they're always punching across or up, uh, you know, so particularly if they're talking about white women, gay men who may or may not be white, um, this is like a problem and I think that you know in more recent years there's been more gay artists in the hip-hop uh, community and I don't know if that does or doesn't impact this I think it kind of does like I think having say like an LGBT spokesperson like say Lil Nas X out there though I don't think he he's an interesting figure or someone like Frank Ocean they're interesting because they seem like they will sometimes uh, sort of promote LGBT rights, but they both seem like they don't want to be cast in the role of castigating other artists for saying homophobic things. Like, I've seen Little Nas X, like, yell at other artists for, say, homophobic statements in the press, maybe, but I've never seen him, I don't think, like, attack a song. And to me, it seems conspicuous that, you know, he doesn't want to 
uh, regulate other artists' speech, and that makes sense to me. But I, I think even in this more uh, this more actively policed environment, like there, there's a lot more criticism now for hip hop artists who are homophobic or misogynistic or whatever than there was even a few years ago. But still, if you listen to rap, uh, it's like there's there's stuff present uh, in hip hop lyrics that would not be allowed, that would result in cancellation in almost any other um, field. And I think it's sometimes when this comes up, there is the sort of intersectional argument um, about why this is okay. But more often it's just ignored because I think people know that that intersectional argument, like especially, and you know, I guess the exception to this would be there, there are sometimes rappers who seem particularly vulnerable based on their identity. Like I think the, the rapper who is taken the most guff for, let's say, violence against women is Eminem, because I think people feel most more comfortable going against him. And also, Eminem does sort of have, like, a uniquely, like, incel weirdo version of, uh, because, like, if you look at, uh, you know, like, uh, one of my favorite rappers, Biggie Smalls or whatever, like, his violence towards women was always about not caring about women it's like if you if a if a bitch is giving you a hard time like you smack her and tell her she doesn't matter and the Eminem violence against women was much more emo it was like uh you keep trying to divorce me so i'm gonna like burn your house down with you inside it and those are like you know uh you would think from a progressive perspective both would be uh objectionable but i think women and lots of people sort of naturally hate the nerd violence more than the Chad violence. So if you're like a, a shrieking little incel, you will probably get the cultural hammer brought down on you faster than if you're uh, doing this like Chad <laughs> women diminishing thing. Though certainly the races of the people involved uh, matter. Like I think it's, it's almost certainly easier to criticize uh, Eminem because he's white, but but there is this different flavor to his kind of uh, misogyny. Um, so yeah, I I think that that's that's one of the reasons I never care what Kanye says. Is it's like if you listen to rap albums and you listen to Kanye's albums, it's like they're always saying fucking insane shit, and like it doesn't bother me in the art, and I think. I think people have an idea that's somewhat sensible that's like, okay, if you want to say something in a song, that's one thing, but if you go out and make like a political statement, that should be more responsible, but I just don't really agree with that either. I don't think artists, I mean, potentially, I think the way anyone should manage this if they care to, if it's upsetting to them, um, like I said, it is not upsetting to me, but, you know, if people are really apoplectic about it, I would think the move would just be to sort of, like, not give a lot of attention to what artists say in the culture, because one thing that I think is true is that, like, artists are bizarre, often mentally ill people, and whatever's going on with their brain, it's formed to be, like, a creative machine, and I think that having a mind that is a creative machine and having a mind that coherently uh, views the world, they are occasionally um, exist together. And I would say that I think sometimes Kanye's insanity 
does allow him to see like bullshit dynamics in life uh, that other people can't see and I think that makes him sort of smart in a way but it's also like just it at a broader level like it just shouldn't matter what artists say when they sort of weigh in on the discourse so it's almost like you've already fucked up if um if you know people are worried that Kanye will have a big influence or something but I guess that's the other thing is like I don't believe it's like I almost think Kanye is having this internal fight where he's saying like it's lame that P. Diddy and um, Jay-Z are, like, mobbed up with the Jews who run the music industry, and I don't like that that's, like, a little club that controls things, so I'm going to, like, turn on the club. And this is just what Kanye does with any uh, group of people he's engaged with. But the idea that, like, this has any effect on sort of, like, the general latent anti-Semitism of the public or the black community, it's like, first of all... uh, you know, my read is, is like, the broader American public is not that anti-Semitic. Black people are pretty anti-Semitic in sort of like a casual way. And neither of those things particularly inhibits the ability of Jews to, to do whatever they want in America. So, you know, it's not keeping me up at night. Um, but maybe maybe I have the wrong attitude about it. But what I wanted to do, you know, I already cro- quoted the line from No Vaseline, you let, this, you let a Jew break up this crew. But I just wanted to sort of um, substantiate my claim that there is this sort of philo-Semitic stereotypical view of Jews in rap even today. And sort of the reason people don't care, I think, is a combination of just a generally permissive attitude about what rappers say, as I've tried to say, um, but also that it's it's taking the stereotypes in this in this positive light. So I pulled up um, a bunch of different lyrics about Jewish references in hip-hop, and I just want to go through some of them, because I think it paints an interesting picture, and potentially, like, one by one, you could sort of say, like, oh, this is just, like, the sort of casual, frivolous generalizations that rappers apply to everything. But I think that's not really true. Like, I think it paints a pretty specific, uh, I think it's pretty (laughs) explicit. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go through these, and I'll mention the year just because it's, it's like, kind of interesting. So here's Nas, American Way, from 2004. Up in the steam room, chillin', exfoliatin' the skin. Israeli men conversatin' on ends, probably businessmen. Busta Rhymes, past the Cavassier, 2001. We holdin' Jewish money now, <laughs> down to the credit card, different from yours. Uh, <laughs> this one, I don't even really get it, but it's funny, so I'll, I'll say it anyway. It's called Hood Morning, No Typo, 2011. I don't even know what this is, but the lyric is funny. Moving rocks from two to six, Jimmy Levine money, eating on some Jewish shit. <laughs> So Jimmy Levine money, I don't know who Jimmy Levine is, maybe that's a producer, but, you know, eating on some Jewish shit, maybe I'll start saying that. Ludacris, Blow It Out, 2003. I eat dinner with Jews, but don't talk to strangers. Okay, that's another one. I'm not totally sure what I'm meant to take from that, but, you know, when is Ludacris eating with Jews? I imagine it's his agent or something, I don't know. Uh... 
<laughs> this one's pretty funny too. Kanye West featuring Cameron, Chris, Christmas in Harlem, 2010. Shouts out to the coldest on my barometer, Berkman, Shapiro, Kalina, Hanukkah. <laughs> so yeah, Berkman and Shapiro, perhaps people who work for him at an agency, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Jim Jones, baby girl, there's an N-word in this one. Uh, I'll kind of half say it just so you can follow the rhythm, but uh, don't really want to say that on my podcast. He says, Jewish lawyer, <laughs> so I beat the charges. See, so that that I think is like a key philosemitic sentiment. You know, it's like hinted at in in these uh, like it's a philosemitic sentiment that you could still reasonably call anti-Semitic. And again, I I'm not saying this to like uh, I'm not saying like look at this industry, like look at this. I, I'm just saying that like the atmosphere that Kanye exists in. It is. I don't think it's the case to say like, oh, all these other rappers are like not anti-Semitic, and he's on this. I think all the other rappers are like, no, Jewish people are are a secret cabal of super successful people, and it's cool. And Kanye is just saying it's not cool. But the sort of worldview of like Jewish conspiratorial control is just totally present, like top to bottom, in this genre. Um, here, let's okay most deaf wow this this might just be like straight uh protocols of the elders of, of zion type anti-semitism but it's most deaf the rape over 2004 some tall israeli is running this rap shit okay that's not many ways to interpret that one uh 1998 puff daddy it's all about the benjamins stack chips like hebrews Apparently Jadakiss says this during the song, not Puff Daddy himself. Uh, oh, Rick Ross, my my favorite one. Uh, this I won't even say the the N word because it it doesn't really. There's no like rhyme scheme here, so I can avoid it. But he says, "Only fat N word in the sauna with Jews." That's Lord knows, 2011. You know he's on a song with Drake. Drake is Jewish. Um, I don't know if that mitigates anything, but it's like. Yeah, I think this is meant to invoke, like, a sauna full of Jews is where, like, big business decisions are made. And Rick Ross is saying he's the only fat black guy invited to that sauna. Okay, interesting. Uh, Jay-Z, what more can I say? 2003. The Martha Stewart that's far from Jewish, far from a Harvard student, just had the balls to do it. Don't really know what any of that means beyond just it seems to link Jewishness and success, I guess. Uh. <laughs> this is great. So this is a Jadakiss lyric from, uh, I think it's a song called Bitches from Eastwick, which I guess is a play on the witches of Eastwick. But it says, today I got a session with Ronnie, I mean Veronica. Met her last year about a week before Hanukkah. Sounds foolish. I mean, Honey wasn't Jewish, but she had a lot of jo- dough, and she was nice on computers. So it's like, I guess there you're meant to think, like, this woman knows how to use a computer and is rich, so you'd be, it'd be reasonable of you to assume she was Jewish, but in fact, in this exceptional case, she is not. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I have anything here? 
Yeah, this one's a little vague, but it's still funny, so I'll read it. The Fugees, How Many Mics, 1996. So on my day off with David Sonnenberg, I play golf, run through Crown Heights, scream at Mazel Tov. Okay. Uh, Jay-Z, Rock Boys. Rich N-Words, Black Bar Mitzvahs, Mazel Tov. It's a celebration, bitches. L'chaim. Okay, so there's like a ton more of these. Um, you know, you just do like keyword searches on lyrics. You can find whatever you want. Sometimes it's a little harder because, you know, there is a lot of creativity at work here. Um, you know, so you got to expand to things like Hanukkah and Mazel Tov, not just Jewish or Hebrew or whatever. Um, so again, I, I, you know, if you want to dislike what Kanye said, if you want to think it's significant or bad, like, whatever, that's fine. Um, certainly it was odd, and he does not seem to be in his right mind. But I guess the only thing I'm trying to establish here is that I think, again, I think this attitude uh, that Jews control hip-hop that Jews are like a secretive cabal uh, that are very powerful and rich and that you have to get in with. I think that is basically the perspective of every single rapper, uh, every single successful rapper. And what they have tended to do lyrically is just celebrate that and be like, yeah, it's great. You get a Jewish producer, you get a Jewish agent, you're in. Let's stack this Jewish money, uh, <laughs> you know celebrate like Hebrews or something. These guys should go to Israel, by the way. I think it's, you know, the idea that uh, this is such like a fun celebratory people. I mean, I don't know. I guess Tel Aviv is, is fun. I'm not trying to hate. But there's, I just mean like there's this whole other like stoic martial side of, of Israelis that is very different than um, what's being presented here. But in any event, yeah. So I, I'm just trying to say that like whether philo-Semitic or anti-Semitic in its manifestation I think it is the historically uh, anti-Semitic view of Jewish people that is the view of Jewish people in hip-hop. It's just that the predominating trend recently is to not really have a problem with, with the fact that uh, they believe Jews to be like this. And Kanye is sort of saying, like, I'm going to blow the whistle on how this all works. And... Um, so yeah, I guess, I mean, think about it however you want. This is just some context I'm trying to add. But I think that what's important to recognize wherever you come down on it is like, I don't think there's anything unique about the worldview Kanye is maybe revealing that he has. The only thing that's setting him apart from other people in hip-hop is that he's he's taking sort of a, a negative attitude towards it, at least right now. But yeah, I guess one of the reasons I... I view it sort of unseriously is like, I just think this is how rappers think about Jewish people because I listen to rap and it's been very obvious that this is always how they felt about Jewish people. And honestly, like, this kind of anti-Semitism, like, at least in America, but maybe in a lot of places in the world too, this is like an extremely common thing you encounter with the people who aren't. It's like if you're not like a fancy American white person where you're sort of instructed to like not at least publicly embrace any stereotypes about groups of people like it's so common to meet like a a black person or a chinese person or a latin american person who's like 
oh yeah, I have no problem with the Jews. Like, they're geniuses. They keep the money in their community. They all own businesses. Like, they help each other get into good schools. Like, good for them. So, you know, it's sort of like this um, benign... You know, in China, the country... There's even, like, popular books that are, like, business secrets of the Jews and shit like that. So it's it's the same, like, anti-Semitism turned philo-Semitism thing that is just, like... And I think this is one of those, like, I don't know, based Lindy trad things about life is that, like, there's certain ideas that are so sticky that, like, you can't really get people to not think them. Maybe the best you can do is have them put a positive valence on it instead of a negative valence. So it's, like... You try with propaganda and uh, all this shit to make people, like, not feel negatively about Jews. And they end up believing the exact same things about Jews. But, um, you know, they just put, like, a positive spin on it. And you see this sort of happen with, like, uh, the way people view African Americans and other minorities, too. It's like we had a period where the focus was really on not believing stereotypical things about people um when like when i was young the idea would be like don't say that like black people criminally offend at higher rates or are, like prone to violence like just don't say it that's not true even if there's a random statistic that supports that don't say it whereas now it would be like you can totally cite that statistic but you have to cite the sort of structural factors that are supposedly implicated in in creating this state of affairs. And that's like, I guess that's generally like sort of the, the transition from like liberal neutrality towards uh, deviance to progressive <laughs> embrace of deviance, or at least like justification of it. Um, but it's sort of interesting. Um, you know, and I guess to some extent I should say that like, I'll give a little. I'll give a little anecdote here, cause I, I'm. I guess I'm. I'm speaking pretty casually about Jews. Um, I think that in some ways, you know, if you look at a figure like Eminem or something, I feel like I almost feel like Jew towards Jews. Maybe how Eminem feels about black people or something like. I've. I kind of feel a little Jewish, just cause so many of my friends growing up were Jewish. Um, in the town I'm from, it was sort of like the most successful and popular people in the town were wasps. And then, like, I think Jews and Catholics uh, tended to, like, gravitate towards one of... Like, my family's lapsed Catholics, though I uh, am now actually Catholic. But, like, I had some Catholic friends and a lot of Jewish friends. And I had some, some Protestant friends, too. But I just think it was sort of common for Jews and Catholics to gravitate towards one another in our high school environment. Um... And I think I saw that in other friend groups, too. So it wasn't, like, totally determinative, but it was kind of a common thing. But the thing is, like, and I think growing up, I had some of this philo-Semitic view, too, of, like, being sort of impressed with, like, Jewish intelligence and Jewish success. But in the context of where, where I grew up, it just seemed... Um, it didn't seem that different from what mainstream American society was like. Because, for example, the town I grew up in was just like a little wasp college factory. Um, and, like, the main country club was 
mostly wasps. Some Catholics and some Jews went there, but the main country club was mostly wasps. And then there was another country club that was like, uh, had a lot more Jewish people in it. I don't know if it was majority Jewish or just they were like the first one to let Jewish people in, so there were more of them there. But So in other words, it's like this idea of like being obsessed with uh, success and having like private little social networks where you help each other get into college and help each other get jobs. It's like, yes, where I grew up, Jews were doing that, but the wasps were also doing it in like a much more fulsome way and it just seemed like well why would you it's like this whole town is a fucking college factory for wasps where like everything is geared towards success and new england in general always sort of seemed like that like it's just like this success money machine for for white anglo people and then there are like different catholic and jewish networks of success and so it, i maybe had some of the same philo-semitic view of uh, that the folks in the hip-hop community have, but it was also like, well, why would you hold it against them that they're creating, like, an alternative uh, group of social networks when, like, the wasps really run shit? Like, they're just, um, you know, they're just trying to create their own little, little way of doing things. So it didn't... It never struck me as, like, uh, I don't know malign in any way it seemed like a, a reasonable and sort of impressive response because, because I think in some ways you could also see people and this has changed probably during my lifetime more than others but it's like in the history of just like Boston for example you could document sort of lots of you could document the timeline of like Catholics trying to penetrate Protestant traditionally Protestant institutions political institutions and like when they were able to do so, when it was difficult, you know, when certain things happened. And, like, uh, obviously now, Boston and Massachusetts in general is a place where Catholics are, like, represented at every level of everything, but it would be totally reasonable to sort of, like, set up alternative social institutions having faced, you know, some kind of exclusion... Uh, you know, 200 and 100 years ago. So that's, that's just always how it seemed to me um, growing up. But, yeah, so this is, this is my um, sort of background thoughts on that whole thing.